um, it's not the humans that I know, cannot look at a large data set and pick up patterns. Uh, machine learning algorithms can, and they can do that pretty quickly. And after a few few iterations, can can know what to look for for future uh, future data sets. So AI is here to make our jobs easier. It's not here to replace them. Uh, it's here to complement us, not to uh, colonize us. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Applied Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I am joined by my guest, Matt York, who's based in Boston. He's the Senior Solutions Marketing Manager at Risk Methods. Welcome, Matt. Good to have you on. Alex, it's great to be here. Thanks. Now, your platform, Risk Methods, is, well, it's a software solution that you're all focused around helping supply chain risk management in that sphere. So those who are in the supply chain industry, this might be an intriguing uh, solution you're going to want to check out. Help me understand, uh, Matt, uh, the, the root beginning of Risk Methods, it actually started many years ago. Do you remember the date it began? Right. So Risk Methods was founded in 2013. Uh, in Munich, um, by two, you know, procurement and supply chain software uh, veterans, um, Heiko Schwartz and Rolf Zimmer, uh, you know, they, they saw a, a glaring gap in the market for a supply chain risk management solution set. Um, they initially sought to to bring their innovative innovative solution to OEMs like auto, auto manufacturing, um, aerospace and defense, pharma, biotech, etc. But you know, nearly a decade later, we've seen a significant validation uh, beyond these initial markets uh, into the indirect uh, procurement side. Companies that provide services beyond manufacturing products like banks, insurance companies, uh, government agencies. Um, so we've gone from a startup mode to a growth mode, and uh, you know, we're in a very exciting period in the company's, uh, company's journey. And this whole concept about being able to track supply chain risks and issues, giving that visibility, that's kind of one of the core concepts or, or purposes of it, correct? That's right. Yeah, visibility is, is, is at the heart of the risk uh, method solution set and uh, what we're preaching. When, when it comes to, to visibility, I mean, what is, what is issues like we're facing today that, that well, if, you, if anything, you think of the pandemic and, and suddenly supply chains goes, goes crazy, uh, crazy. Well, that's a big, would you call that a black swan event where can you really be prepared for that type of thing? I mean, where does, where does this, this solution come into play? Yeah, so it's, it's, this is a kind of an, a novel kind of risk event. I mean, it, there are very smart people that saw this kind of event coming, uh, epidemiologists, public health experts, um, and these are kinds of events that you know risk management teams um, will model on and, and will try to, to try to to see coming down. But you know it's it it's it's just such a, a, a for most people it is a black swan event, and you know it, it's a very opaque environment that that supply chain can be, especially the further down you go into the uh, the supply base, it's harder to get more visibility into it. Now. That is, is difficult to, to plan for, but there are plenty of more, I call them regular issues that, that I imagine can arise that you can, you can get visibility on. Help me understand where, where and when is it important to get that visibility? What are the common things we're looking for, you're looking for? Right. So most companies are familiar with getting, gaining visibility into the first line of suppliers, what they call the first tier. And you know, even that is a struggle. Um, not 
every company has the ability to look into their their immediate suppliers, uh, supply chains, their processes, their their labor practices, their um, you know their their financial uh, health, um, you know any number of other uh, other uh, elements of risk in, in a business. Um, and it gets even more complicated the further down you go into a supply chain. So you're getting into a supplier's um, subcontractors, their suppliers, um, you know, uh, products or, you know, um, uh, components could have, you know, s- several different uh, levels of or layers of, of production or manufacturing. And so the further down you go into that, into the manufacturing process, the harder it is to understand, uh, you know, the country or source of origin, um, whether their products are, are compliant, their their business processes are le- are legal or ethical, and it just it just creates a whole lot of other issues. The further down you go, mm. what's the 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 difference between real time versus periodic visibility? And like, what do you see as the, the future of of being able to get visibility all the time? Is it, is that are we going to be able to get to that point? Yeah, you know, if in 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 many cases we're there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so I'll start sort of from the beginning, like supply chain management, supply, supply management. Um, it's at this big catch-all term. And one of that, one, one aspect of that is supplier performance management. So, you know, when you're, when you're doing an initial onboarding of a supplier, you want to understand how they performed, what they'll, what they're likely to do, if they're likely to, to fulfill their, their business uh, requirements. Um, and you know you, you do due diligence on the supplier, and you make a, a, an initial risk assessment, and then you onboard them, and you move on. That's that happens at the beginning of, of, a, of a sourcing or a, a supplier relationship, but that's not good enough because you know it's like when an applicant applies to a job, they clear the interview process, and you you can't just assume they're doing their job. You have to keep monitoring and assessing performance, and so. Then you get into like quarterly performance reviews or, you know, biannual, that's still not good enough because a lot of bad things can happen between the time you onboard and, and the time, the next time you're assessing performance. And so, especially in this hyper-connected, uh, hyper-kinetic world where, you know, things happen so quickly that, um, you know, an initial supplier assessment, it just isn't accurate. It's not up to date. So the idea of real-time continuous monitoring Understanding how suppliers are performing, understanding the the environment in which they're they're operating in, the countries that they're operating in, the regions, uh, the legal environments, the risk environments, the geopolitical environments. There's just so many aspects of a supplier's performance and risk profiles that need to be monitored in a, in a, in a real time continuous basis. Otherwise, their their risk profiles are out of date. How are you getting this data then in a real time f- format of all these suppliers? Well, we have uh, we have a helping hand from artificial intelligence. Uh, we, we know the risk method solution. Uh, our risk intelligence engine uh, collects uh, you know thousands of sources of of information, social media, traditional news media, um, you know, supplier profiles, supplier risk assessments, um, you know, information provided by the supplier itself if they're onboarded to, to the to, to the, the solution. And it looks at you know, millions of different pieces of, of risk intelligence and using machine learning algorithms, it, it you know, collects, parses, um, understands for patterns and teaches itself 
uh, for future reference, um, what are the uh, risk objects? There's over 100 risk objects that we track uh, that are pertinent and that are, are noteworthy for our customers. Can you give example a couple of those, uh, the 100 ones that you do track? Right, so that, that could be um, geopolitical risk. You know, there is a, um, a coup in Turkey or there is a, um, a, a canal blockage in, in the Suez or, you know, there's a, a hurricane barreling up the East Coast of the United States. There's wildfire in California, wildfire in Australia. Um, your favorite, you know, candy provider has been using child labor. Not yours, not yours personally, but as an example, yeah. those are the kinds of things that that we look at, we look for. And, and so it's basically extrapolating the data in those hundred different sectors to say, oh, this and this and this all might come converge and affect your supply chain with this particular supplier because of the circumstances around it. That's correct. Yep. Before using a solution like yours, what are people doing there? Are they just manually monitoring? Is is there is is this a common? Is, is there a lot of solutions and options for this? How how are you guys different? Yeah, I mean there there are you know, there are a few supply chain risk management solution providers like us. Uh, there are many others that provide some version of this. Um, you know, we we like to think of ourselves as a very holistic. Uh, supply chain risk management solution provider, um, looking at you know cyber supplier financial, you know natural disaster human rights, you know uh, corporate social responsibility sustainability, you know the whole shebang. Um, you have you have specialty niche providers that that specialize on some of these kinds of, of risk objects, and we actually do partner with some of these solution providers uh, to to help. Um, you know, uh, level out our, our, our solutions. Um, is, the, is the adoption for the digital version of, of what they would be doing before commonplace? Like, are, is everyone in supply chain jumping on this or are they still, are any still staying in the more Byzantine or, or previous empire of, of, I don't know, just spreadsheets and searching and doing it themselves? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. And, you know, un unfortunately, as um, you know, my prior role as, a, as an industry analyst, um, you know, the adoption of these kinds of solutions was 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 low then, and it's still low even after the the pandemic, or even after a year of the pandemic. Um, you know, low thirty percent, um, thirty three, thirty five percent of of companies Why? have an automated or digital supply chain risk management uh, solution. Why do you Why do you think there, it, it, the adoption is still so low? There are a number of reasons. It, it's 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 there's no one particular reason. Uh, one of it is is budget. A lot of companies don't have, especially you know small to mid sized companies don't have the, the 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 kind of budget or the budget um, champions to be able to to you know to to invest in a supply chain risk management solution, whether it's you know an end to end solution like ours or more of a, of a point solution. Um, a lot of other companies look at the look at what they're doing now and say, "Well, we've made it this far. You know, we did. We don't need, we don't need something like like yours. You know, we've we've done just fine." Uh, and you know, that I, I have some issues with that. We all have some issues with that. But um, it, it's you know, the adoption rates for other 
supply management solutions like e-sourcing, e-procurement, spend analysis, those you know, traditionally have higher uh, adoption rates, but supply chain risk, even, even a year, year and a half into the pandemic, still fairly anemic. Do you see that changing or, or rather, what do you think will help the adoption uh, going forward? Like what will make people say, wow, okay, I, I see the value of this and why I need it? Right. Well, we try to educate uh, the customers and the, the market on um, how valuable, how indispensable our solutions are. Um, you know, as you alluded to earlier, it, it's, it's just not possible to wrap your head around all of the sources of information and the different languages um, the, and all the details captured therein uh, of the, the information that's out there. Like the internet is a wonderful but vast universe of information. And it's just, it's not possible for humans to be able to go in there, pull out that information that's necessary for them, that's most pertinent and make an educated decision on it. That's where computers should come in, technology should come in of of being able to curate said quintillion bytes of data that exist and is being created all the time. Right, There are some people that that are cautious or, or reserved on can I trust the data and what's coming back or, or how much can I really rely on, on an AI solution to give me accurate um, answers and, and um, uh, actions that I should be taking? What do you respond to that type of, of statement? Right. It's a valid concern. You know, uh, some great science fiction has been written and produced on, on, hum- on humans being subjugated to, you know, highly intelligent uh, Orwellian or, or um, you know, uh, dystopian um, beings. But I, I, I always like to say that, you know, AI is here to serve us. We're not here to serve AI. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even as, even as, the tech world has been operationalizing and you know, putting into play some of the more basic or narrow applications of, of AI. You know, there's, there's, arrow, there's narrow AI and there's, there's um, more of a broader, like truer AI. Um, you know, machine learning is, is more of a narrow application of it. And so it, it helps users understand, it helps users uh, wrap their head around you know, structured and unstructured data uh, it doesn't make decisions for them. It just helps them understand because, again, internet, very large universe of, of information, not possible for humans to, to wrap their head around it. And even in large data sets, it, it's, you know, the human eye cannot, um, at least not the humans that I know, cannot look at a large data set and pick up patterns. Uh, machine learning algorithms can, and they can do that pretty quickly. And after a few few iterations, can can know what to look for for future uh, future data sets. So AI is here to make our jobs easier. It's not here to replace them. Uh, it's here to complement us, not to uh, colonize us. I, I appreciate that, that this distinction. Uh, looking ahead for where you guys are headed at risk methods, what can you share as far as on the roadmap or what's coming up or, or features that you're excited about? Right, well, you know, we're most most proud of our, our, our supply chain risk intelligence engine. Uh, it features AI, it has uh, noise, ca- noise cancellation capabilities that allow us to you know, look at the data with high fidelity and, and, and determine um, 
you know, w- with high fidelity that what what we're reporting on is most is most pertinent. We're not going to be the the company that cries wolf. You know, when we when we tell you something is happening, we want you to pay attention. Um, we have you know um, uh, you know risk risk mitigation plans that are off that are off the shelf that you can pull off and um, and, and put into play when you when you need to. Um, we have impact analyzer, which can, you know, model risk events based on the, based on the information and intelligence we're getting in from from the field. Um, we have teams in in um, Poland that are looking at uh, th- this information. They're validating the data, so it's not just machines that are doing the you know the, the analysis. We're having human analysts validate it and fill in the gaps that you know fill in the more of the subjective. Uh, human elements of, of the intelligence. Um, you know, in the coming months, we're going to be looking at the network effect of suppliers and um, trying to build a network of suppliers based upon our uh, our customers' um, buy-in. You know, we, we want our customers to be able to help us build out a network of suppliers to help create this network effect where the more information and intelligence and suppliers that are uploaded to the system, um, the better, the more accurate, the, the higher fidelity of the output we have, not just for a, a customer, but all of our customers. Mm-hmm. And the, in the end, everyone wins. The, the more answers and data that is able to be shared and supplied around. That's right. Yep. Where uh, just for, just for fun for for you, Matt, looking at the space of, of where technology is headed, if you could wave a magic wand and have any futuristic technology today, uh, what would that be? For inclusion on in, in risk methods, or it's open ended for you. Open ended. All right. Love <laughs> open ended questions. Um, I love the idea of blending commercial with governmental. And so let's say taking the satellite data from, you know, from government satellites and using that to enrich um, business intelligence or supply chain intelligence. Um, I actually just read a story about that this week, about that, that, that happening. Um, uh, using the internet of things to go out and collect um, in, uh, intelligence autonomously from you know, connected smart devices and have that, you know, pump back data to either repositories or have it, you know, pass through processors to help us give some more insight into the environment in, of which the in, in which the, the the device is located, but also, um, you know, help enrich business operations for service and and supply chain and and, and resupply and so on. I I it's interesting because technology the, the future technology is here now. It's like is it, you're hearing this and it's actually being applied. So I I. I'm very excited as well for, for those concepts. Um, for, uh, for risk methods, for those that, that want to, to learn more, what's, a, what's actually a good fit for you guys for as far as the type and size of company that makes sense to, to work with you? I mean, really, it's, we, we serve all, all fits, all sizes of companies. Um, you know, our, our, our bread and butter used to be, and, and it still is, um, you know, original equipment manufacturers, um, aerospace and defense, automotive, pharma, you know, pharmaceutical, med tech, biotech. Um, but as I said before, we're, we're moving away from your traditional manufacturing and, and retail sectors 
into the, the more of the indirect spend management uh, categories. So, you know, banks, financial institutions, uh, telecom, internet service providers, uh, you know, federal or government agencies, um, entities that need to procure goods and services, but not not to produce anything, but just to operate and to provide services. And, and you know, there, there are risks associated with those kinds of, of widgets as well. It's not just, I need, I need to, you know, import a million um, gyroscopes, whatever, you know, it's, it's not just that, it's, um, I need to provide service to a million customers in the East Coast. And if my computer network goes down, um, because of you know faulty hardware or compromised hardware, then that compromises our business and we're not able to operate. That's a, that's a, a very tangible, real supply chain risk. That it's it's different from it's slightly different from you know those on the manufacturing side, but it's no less critical to you on, on the services side. Without a doubt. Thank you so much, Matt, for, for walking us through uh, what you guys are doing and, and providing. For those that want to learn more, you can go to, to riskmethods.net uh, and, and be able to request a demo. Is that a good first step for folks to take? That'd be a wonderful first step to take. Awesome. Thanks again for your time, Matt. Good to have you on. My pleasure, Alex. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you all on the next episode of Optic Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.